This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Julian Morris, who is the founder of Concierge Wealth Management based out of Boston. JB, welcome. Hey, Gary. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So, Julian, tell us how, how you got to where you are now. Um, what got you, got you into, uh, you know, finance? Okay. Uh, well, I, my story is I, I happened to finance by getting into a car accident in 2000. Uh, I was working at a different internship and I had to use my car. I got in a car accident running an errand for one of the owners. And uh, let's just say, you know, back when I was 18 or 19 or 20, uh, my dad really wasn't happy that I was doing that stuff. So I got hooked in at Smith Barney. And I sort of, it was, it was during the tech boom. So I'm going to say it was around 1999, 1998. Okay. And I was the, the only paid intern, which was cool. I was taking a train into a skyscraper in Boston, which again, and, and dressing up and, and somehow I ended up with one of the, the top producers. He took me under his wing. They let me track portfolios, pitch ideas. And the industry obviously then was, was much different as right. far as it was, it was really more stock picking and, and, and trading, but the, I really loved the energy and it was, it was something that I wanted to pursue in college. I went into, uh, at the University of Wisconsin, a financial planning major, graduated, being credentialed to take the CFP exam, didn't really know what I wanted to do after college, interviewed around at a bunch of financial services firms, started at American Express, was there for... I wouldn't want to say it. I was there until 2010. I was a franchise owner. And then I, I made the leap to a full independent advisor, founding concierge wealth management, uh, helping young families in Boston that are high earners in, in 2010 until now. And, and that's the quick version, I would say, of, of the journey. So what, what is it uh, about, you know, investment finance industry that gets you fired up, gets you excited in the morning when you get up? So what I would say is every day is different and you can plan for what your day might be look, look like. However, a client might call with a, a problem that you need to research a solution to. The market is always moving. Now, I've, I've learned over time to, to tune the market out, but because every day is different, it's kind of like jazz, right? There's some level of improvisation. You have something that's predictable, but it's not monotonous. And I think 
I'm just passionate about helping people. It's a relationship business. I'm at the point where the, the firm only takes on a select group of clients that we like working with. And, and I would think like working with us as well. So when you're working with a bunch of people that you like and they like you, that makes your job a lot better. Would, would you agree, Gary? Totally, totally. So, you know, being, you know, when you hear the word concierge, everybody thinks that it's like, okay, you're kind of, you know, at the people's back end call. Um, how, I guess, how does it, how does your firm differ from, you know, other firms? Well, when I was coming up with the brand in 2010, at the beck and call is sort of what I was thinking. And we were, we were the first concierge wealth management. I wish way back when I, I trademarked it because now there are, there are an, an infinite number. However, we, we really were the first and I, I've gone back and, and researched this, but like you're saying, uh, the idea, instead of let's say beck and call, it was thinking about providing a high level of personalized service to my clients and being accessible to them. Now, uh, I like to think I'm still very accessible. Clients can call, they can email in this digital age. Now we, we can video conference, text message, really have infinite communication as I've matured and got married and, and had a family and my time is more scarce. However, everybody's generally getting a response within the same day. And if it's after hours, they get a response first thing in the morning. So I'm not going to say beck and call, but, you know, very client first oriented. My, my clients are, are, are the hero of their, their story and they're the hero of concierge wealth management. They're why I'm here. Right. So, you know, so you've been doing this uh, for a while now. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out? Great question. And I think one thing is that we're always learning. So when I first started out, maybe it's that all the finance things that I learned in college, they're helpful, but they don't teach you how to learn how to accept a no or deal with somebody who might be having a bad day and maybe isn't polite to you or if Conversely, how to control my own emotions if things are down for me, how to not convey that to the client and, and be neutral or, or more, really, we want to be positive. So I think as I've progressed in the career, I'm looking at my mental attitude, my client's mental attitude. How can we shape behavior? Because you don't learn that from books. You learn that from experience and maybe Maybe now there are more books that recognize the cognitive finance and, and how people make decisions based on behavior. But I think that it's a life, lifelong, career-long learning process. So I would say that that would be it without getting too long-winded. Sure. What, um, in, in doing the concierge wealth management, um, what are some of the mistakes that you're seeing um, these clients that are, are coming into you have made that, that you're going that you're helping them out with. So I don't like to say mistakes. I, let's reframe it and just call it an opportunity. I think what happens when I'm working with, let's say my clients when they come and see me are generally be 
between the ages of now 30 and 45 and they're, they're high earners. So they're making a quarter million dollars to a million dollars a year. They have big portfolios. Uh, certainly if someone's been with me since 2004, when I started, they're not in that 30 to 45 age range now. We're retiring people, we're sending kids to college. But the opportunities that I'm seeing is because folks have been so busy concentrating on their career, they might have accounts scattered all over the place, or they're taking advice from their uncle or their coworker. They have a concentrated stock position. Uh, a lot of clients are equity compensated. So we have to unwind that, certainly make sure that we're not taking on too big of a tax burden, definitely diversification. You wouldn't believe, Gary, how many people, let's say, opened a Roth IRA 10 years ago, contributed for a few years, and never invested the money. So they and, they, and they say, my Roth IRA, the returns stink. And I look at the statement and I say, well, you know, you've been sitting in a money market fund for five years. Uh, certainly that's an area of opportunity, uh, but we don't want to say mistakes. I think just the fact that people are so busy that you reach a point where you want to delegate the, the work to somebody else. So I have the time, the temperament, and the training to help these people not make mistakes. If we were going to say a, a try and true mistake, and it's not often that we see it in the demographic that we work with, is the, the fear selling, mm -hmm. where if we look at last year in June, we were coming out of the, this bear market, but three months beforehand... I was on the phone with every single client talking about how their portfolio was down 30 to 40% and that our, our investment strategy was sound, stay the course over time. I don't know, I don't know the answer of when this will come back, but it will. Thankfully, it came back very quickly, but we don't talk about really rates of return. We talk about progress towards goals or dreams. And I just said, believe in me, if, if we continue to trust this process, we will get to where you want to be and you have such a long time horizon to get there. Now, certainly with our clients that are more mature, we had already pre-positioned their portfolio to handle that type of drop. Uh, I guess, and again, I don't want to call it a mistake, but a lot of people, maybe because they've had more time on their hands near technology in, in this last 15 months, you're, you're wired to a computer on Zoom or your phone, working from home, doing meetings. There's the rise of the digital trading. People are, are trying to get rich quick. So you've seen you know, people buying really high into cryptocurrency or trying to get that hot stock of the day and chasing, chasing portfolio returns. Large cap growth was you know a real big outperformer last year. So you see people that might have chased those returns when they come come here and we just talk about what they'd like to see for themselves in the future and why maybe not having a concentrated position in one sector of the market or, or one stock would be better for them and their families long-term. Right. Now, you know, you made some good points there in talking about that, hey, the market was down. You you were still talking with your clients. You you weren't one of these guys that, that was running and hiding um, from the clients because as we know, there's a bunch of bad professionals out there in every industry. 
Um, but why is it important to use a professional like you um, to, to help you invest your money? I think that, again, my job is something that somebody else can do. Certainly, if you have the time and you can be emotionless about your own money and then you can do not and you have the knowledge and you're willing to spend five to six or 10 hours of research a week on what things should look like for you, you you don't need a professional. Most people don't have that extra time, maybe or the passion and, and certainly the emotional disconnect. And I think that's where somebody like me is very important to have a professional invest their money. But not only that, again, it's, it's not just about the investments. Investments are, are the easy part. It's finding out the why behind everything. Why are we investing this certain way? You say you're aggressive. That's a subjective term. Let's let's peel back the onion and see. Okay, if this was you know a twenty percent loss, how do you feel? Devastated. Well, then you're really not an aggressive investor. So I think some of it has to do with the emotion. The other part is is really outsourcing time and certainly having someone to hold you accountable. So maybe you had a baby. And I, I recommend that you open a 529 plan. There's two choices. You can do it through me or you can do it on your own. When you do it through me, I get paid. If you do it on your own, you save money. But if I ask you in six months, if you open the 529 plan and you didn't do it, that's lost opportunity. We lose time in the market. And if we, if you said, JB, I'm ready to open this, it's done in two days and you're getting less, two days or less, depending upon how quick you sign the, the paperwork, because we're sending auto notifications for you to do it. So having someone to hold you accountable is great. Someone to bounce ideas off is fantastic. Also, if you're buying a first home or a second home, how much can you afford? The housing market is in the Boston area right now is is very competitive. Mm -hmm. How is it by you? Is it the same? Yeah, the, the, I mean, right now, I mean, I think just about anywhere you talk to people, I mean, it seems like inventory is low. So it's definitely gotten very competitive. So we have to, we're talking about people now having to make offers that are maybe six figures above what they were planning to because the of the scarcity of the market and, and right. how things have, have changed. And they're all young families that want to live in, in the suburbs. And we're backing in and talking about their cash flow and, and doing real financial planning, which again, that's outside of just investing money. So when we, we talk about what, what is a real financial professional, we're looking at all the different facets of the financial plan, not just the in investments. And, and again, I think the accountability, the, the opportunity to have someone to share the knowledge with you and get a second opinion, if it even if it just reinforces what you're already thinking, is invaluable. Right. So that's that's part of the value proposition of of having a, a personal financial concierge. Yeah, I think some of the things that you're saying that are, that are very important that people that are using the robo advisors and stuff like that aren't getting is A, being able to remove the emotion, because I think that's difficult to do when you're talking about your own money. 
Um, but I think the other thing is, is like you said, it's like, okay, you're talking to somebody and they say that, that they are, that they're aggressive and it's like, but then you ask them questions and it's like, well, you find out, well, they're really not aggressive. Um, and I, I think everybody's always is like, Hey, I want to invest money. I want to make a lot of money. I want to get, you know, it's like, but if you don't have that goal and something to get to, and I used to always tell people that it's like, okay, are you going to, you know, uh, jump in the car and drive to Disney without looking at a map, without, you know, um, buying tickets ahead of time and stuff like that? It's like, no, nobody's going to do that anymore. Well, um, maybe just with GPS, but well, just, I'm right. being sarcastic, but the, the pilot is not, if you're driving yep. or if you're flying, the pilot isn't taking off without a flight plan. And that flight plan is probably i would say almost with 100 percent certainty needing adjustment mid-flight right right and i agree and that's where it's always because you know as you're driving you know i always said hey as you're driving it's like you may say okay we're going to stop when we get to point a everybody can go to the bathroom and stuff like that but if little little sally in the back seat says i gotta go you gotta, yeah. you gotta make that change and i think that that's one of the important things to use a professional like you or for taxes someone like me because things change in life and if you don't have somebody there to help you with it it's not good and i always always tell you know my clients it's like look it's a team approach you know it's not just me i'm not doing this in the vacuum because i can't do it all and your listeners can't see I, i'm nodding my head when you're talking about the yeah. team approach we, we always bring in the tax professional, the estate planner. If clients don't have a tax professional or an estate planner, we, we're sure to make an introduction, right. especially when we're we're looking at these concentrated equity positions that could have tax consequences. Now, since right. you're in this business, you know that people get paralysis about having to pay taxes. Right. Sometimes having to pay taxes on your gains, it's the... Uh, it's the reward of, of rewarding codes of, of, of being really successful. And you just have to realize that you're getting 60 or 70% on the dollar. But it's if these are equity compensation grants, RSUs, it's free money. You earned it by being there and doing right. the work. But you do you have to pay taxes. It's, a, it's just part of the game. And if we can work with you so that the client has a game plan, Gary, so that they know what they're getting into when they press that sell button, because you and I can't press that for them with their equity compensation, we, but we can design a structured plan, then they're much more prepared emotionally for that. And it, it certainly it's dangerous. You can pull your phone out and hit sell or hit buy on a, on a trading app and it is very, very dangerous. Right, right. And I, I think just, I mean, you know, so much of it I think is just educating them also because I, I know I've run across, you know, somebody who came in new this past year, they're doing all their own trading and stuff like that. And they look at their account value and they're like, oh, I'm only up, you know, 6%. And it's just like, well, when I sit down and do their taxes, they had huge capital gains, right? And they were short-term capital gains. And their six percent went went away. Exactly, and it's just like you know, and looking at that, and having somebody, you know, again, another professional working with them, it's like, hey, 
hold this for three more days because in that way it's going to be long-term capital gains as compared to short-term capital gains. And if they don't understand it, th those are those are some of the things that that they're going to miss, in my opinion. Right. I mean, that's the difference. If at short-term capital gains, we're saying zero or likely 15 or 20 percent with my guess is the audience we talk about versus a short-term capital gain of 33 or 37 percent. Right. That can be a lot of money when we're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars. Exactly. So, exactly. And, it's, and that's why it's always nice too. And then, you know, and I always say, you know, it's like, okay, you get to talk someone off the cliff because their emotions are involved with it and you're able to, to, you know, talk them down and just to, to help them remove some of the emotions. That's for sure. I think by having a relationship with a financial professional, clients get a different sense of confidence or, or clarity, sometimes a feeling of empowerment, uh, where we're do when we do a good job edu educating our clients on capital gains tax and how it works. Well, they, I like to call the education empowerment. Right. And I, I think that, that they have that confidence and, and the, the sense of empowerment once we do a good job with the, the educating. Right. So, you know, talking about educating and things, you, you know, you've done this for a long time and have had a variety of different clients. So, JB, what, what was something that you learned from one of these clients during this time that has just really stuck with you? So, clients that I've had for a really long, like, the, the longest relationships, no, I mean, any, anything, anything that, that, that you may have learned from one of them that's kind of stuck with you and you've kind of incorporated that in your business now. A sense of gratitude, perhaps, that I'm, I'm so thankful that I've been doing this since 2004 and I really started taking on clients, let's say the first week of 2005. And I've had clients with me since then. Okay. And they've been very patient. They, at the time, I believe they knew I was, you know, a, a rookie to the right. business. They've seen things grow. They've retired a lot of these folks, or now they're, they, some folks hired me, let's say when they were 35 and now they're 50 and their kids are going off to college. But, uh, a sense of gratitude that they stuck with me, uh, certainly patience and if you see people that are successful in, in life, you should ask them what they're doing. How did you accumulate these assets? What have you found to be your secrets? And sometimes it's, I trust your advice. So right. I don't want to, I don't want to second guess, but I, I'm very thankful for the opportunity that folks have given me along the way. And certainly patience with me as I've grown and uh, certainly I feel like I'm always evolving so when I'm evolving and my approach changes, that the clients are willing to evolve with me because the end goal is to give them the best experience and results possible. Right. That's good. So, you know, we've talked about a bunch of different things now. What have I not asked you that you wish I had asked you? You, you know, Gary, you... You did ask that the difficult question, which was, what did you learn that you haven't, or so, and I got to talk about the behavioral finance. We talked about mistakes. I think that you really, 
covered it. Uh, maybe I think what haven't you asked me? How am I? How am I out there? Like, how do clients find me? Right. And one of the things that I do that maybe is a little bit unique is every day on LinkedIn, Monday through Friday, I'm posting some level of, of content, typically in the form of a sketch, a tiny bit of artistic talent related to goal planning, uh, financial planning, investing. Uh, and so that's a really neat engagement tool to be out on social media and leverage the power of social media if you're an advisor starting mm -hmm. out. Uh, but also, you have to keep in mind that when you're putting this out there, or if I'm on YouTube and talking about baby planning, people see it. And right. it's a great way to spread the word. So that's how I'm putting myself out there for everybody to see. And I'm either attracting people or repelling people and either is fine because you're making an impression. So I think asking, Hey, how are, how are people finding you? It's, it's through social media. Uh, I have a, a good presence online. Now, if you search Julian Morris concierge wealth management or Julian Morris in Boston, that's how you, how you can find me and, and how I'm differentiating myself, let's say from a broker at one of the big wirehouses. Okay. Um, you know, so you kind of rolled into my next question was if our listeners, you know, like what they hear and they, they want to talk to you, you know, what's the best way to get in contact with you? The best way to get in contact with me would be on our website. It's www.conciergewealthmanagement.com. If you want to shorten that, it's www.conciergewm.com. On that webpage, there's a link where you can send me an email as a question. You could book an appointment either through Zoom or a phone call. There's also links to all of our various social media outlets. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube's quickly becoming a, a favorite. So you can find me if you get to my webpage again, conciergewealthmanagement.com, you will be able to get in touch with me. And I promise I will respond to you. Okay, great. So today our guest has been Julian Morris, who's the founder of Concierge Wealth Management based out of Boston. JB, we really appreciate your time today. Hey, Gary, this was really a pleasure. Thanks so much. And I look forward to doing this again, perhaps. Sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>